0: Yo, what up, dude? How you doing? Good man. How's that penis? You know?
1: Uh, it's a little dehydrated, but uh, still still holding strong. You got to water that thing, dude. Yeah, yeah. Come on, really man. do. You, you know, know about it. I should have to do All- this. <laughs> Always hydrate. Always hydrate. It's good for your peen. Good for your lady. <laughs> Absolutely, buddy. All right, man.
0: Uh Welcome to Comedians Talking Baseball, our weekly MLB recap podcast for myself, Comedian Joe Kilgallen, along with Comedian Mike Bryan, break down the week that was, nerd on some stats, and I just, uh, you know, have a good old time with you. Bryant, how you doing, my man? I'm good, and I just want to remind the listeners uh, that we are
1: T-minus, 10 days away from Joe's second album, and you should pre-order it, Iora.
0: Yeah, th- I don't think it's available for pre-order, <laughs> but it will be out, um... It'll be available for everything Thursday, June 20th. Uh, the reason it's not going to be available for pre orders is because pre-orders, like through iTunes, and iTunes is going away. So it's going to make sense to have the pre-order on it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but it'll be on Amazon and Google Play, wherever you buy your your comedy and your music. And, you know, you could stream it. But I'd prefer if you bought it and then told your friends to stream it. I don't know. Because get, you get more money off the purchase. You know that, right out. Yeah, Spotify gives you a whole 0.004 cents for every stream. Spotify and DM. Um, are you title, on the are you, title? Are you on
1: SoundExchange?
0: Exchange? Uh, I am on Sound Exchange, yes. There you go. I have to, thank you for reminding me of that because I have to put the new tracks in Sound Exchange once it comes out,
1: right? That will be monetarily beneficial for you.
0: Yes, that's right. I got to get on Sirius XM too. I get on that. Uh, the, the one that does explicit comedy because there's the clean. Raw, raw
1: dog comedy?
0: Raw dog. Thank you. Someone reminded me, someone's like, hey, when you do your album, try to have one track that's completely clean so you can get that track on all of the satellite radio stations. And then I'm like, sure, I'll remember that. It, and I, had, I was, when I was listening to the album, there was one track where I'm like, oh, this one's completely clean. And then I said, you know what I fucking mean? I don't know why. I just throw in, you know what I fucking mean at the end of the stupid joke. You got to be true uh, to you, baby. I am. You're right. I do. And screw the clean. What? So I could make a few more bucks. What am I? Some sort of sellout bitch? I don't think so. Okay? Yeah. I hold out for a big contract, much like the two guys we're about to talk about. Um, But, yeah, the album will be out then. And you guys uh, buy the T-shirt that Brido – we sold a few of those, the Comedians Talking Baseball T-shirt with that sweet, sexy logo, pure sex logos, we like to call it. Yeah, and
1: thank thank you for buying that. Thank you for sending me the photos, Dustin Herr. We got like a Herb Lawrence. We got a donkey. We got some other people that did not send me photos. Send me the photos and you'll get your name said.
0: Yeah, we'll throw them up on the Instagram. All right. Now, the big story of the last week of Major League Baseball was that finally, finally two All-Stars – I don't know if Keuchel was an All-Star last year. Kimberl was, though uh, – have made their uh, – have have new homes. They, they finally signed. And uh, Dallas Keuchel is now in Atlanta Brave. Yeah. And Craig Kimbrel is now a Chicago Cup, which uh, is a great move for the Cubs. We'll start with the Cubs, since Brian and I are both Cubs fans, as listeners know. And uh, the Cubs' big weakness has been, well, the, the offense is a little inconsistent, you could argue, but it's still a top offense, so I will not call that a weakness. But their big uh, weakness has been closing out games. They have, I think, at least, what, 10 or 11 blown saves. Right. Baseball, by far, I'm pretty sure, by at least three or four games, even over bad teams. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like we could get a, a closer like a Kimbrel, Even if Kimbrell's not the Kimbrel he was, say, you know, even a couple years ago or even last year up until the playoffs, we'll be better off. Meaning, you know, we'll, we'll, what? Even if, say, Kimbrell, say we had Kimbrell since the beginning of the season. Maybe he blows a couple games. He's not blowing eight or nine. Right. You know? Yeah, we had a
1: real rough one to open. Everybody kind of knew, like, that's our weakness. Our whole draft was relief
0: pitchers, it seemed like. Yeah, you know what's crazy about this? So the first guy they took was a guy that a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm surprised the Cubs took him so high. They must want to spend money." You know, sometimes you save your slot money on guys that are like these high school studs who are probably going to go to college, but then you go, "Oh, eh, here's a couple more million and they go, "All right, yeah, I'll go to I'll go to Myrtle Beach or whatever your uh, low-A affiliate is. Or Boise Idaho, I think is the de- developmental league, I guess. Anyway, um so the Cubs took a guy it was a college pitcher who projects to be like a closer type. I kind of like that thinking in a way. I mean, even though we know closers are overrated, but I'm cool with the idea of saying, "All right, this is a first rounder, a guy who we think could be an impact bullpen arm." Almost immediately, why not? Why not grab that guy right then and there? There's the value, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean,
1: you and I have kind of dogged Kimbrel on this podcast. If he went to, like, St. Louis, I think that – or to uh, Milwaukee, I think that the two of us would be coming up with the reasons why it was not a big deal. That's my only problem with Kimbrels. I can't just all of a sudden pretend he didn't kind of have, like, a shitty end of
0: the season last year. No, I hear you. Although, I'll say this. I'm very happy he did not go to Milwaukee or St. Louis. Right, right. And for the Cubs – all that they're the only thing they lost on the deal is money they got to save the the bullpen not the bullpen i'm sorry the farm system is not what it was so they need to rebuild that so the fact that they were able to get a closer who is very elite despite the 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 month of october last year he'd been an elite pitcher for the last seven eight years and all they had to give up was money that's great you know what i mean uh, because it keeps the window open and it keeps your you know gives you time to replenish the farm system. Like who would you rather have Craig Kimbrel or Kent Giles? Yeah, Kimbrell. Yeah, you know, and there was no real bullpen on the trade market or no bullpen pitcher on the trade market that I think was more intriguing than Kimbrell.
1: Yeah, when you I think that you sent a text out earlier in the year that it was talking about Chavez, I want to say, or relievers that were available and how bad they were also doing this this season.
0: Yeah, there was like – well, a couple guys turned it around, though, actually. The, after the first – because the Cubs did that disastrous for one-in-seven start. And, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, people were saying, we need a Colt, we should sign this guy, we should sign that guy. I go, have you checked on those guys? Almost every relief pitcher from the free agent market was off to a terrible start. Atavino and um, the lefty who is uh, closer for Baltimore, who I'm blanking on right now.
1: Oh. What is his name? Why do I keep wanting to say...
0: Zach Britton. Sorry. Great. I wanted Sorry. to say
1: I kept wanting to say Bundy, and I was like, that's not right.
0: Yeah. Zach Britton and Atavino are actually having great seasons. Andrew Miller's come on a little bit of late, but his year is still hovering around four. Uh, Jesse Chavez was getting lit lid off. But even Jesse Chavez was kind of lightning in a bottle. He was great the final two months for the Cubs, but look at the rest of his career.
1: That's why it's hard to say with a reliever. Like, Carl Edwards is... Um, Turn, turn stuff around.
0: Yeah, he's looked great his last uh, since we called him back up from Iowa. What, like 10, 12 appearances? Yeah. So I think he had like 18 strikeouts to one walk or something incre- incredible. But the
1: Cubs were in an especially hard spot because they were losing games with a relief pitcher. Brandon Morrow has had setbacks. He was supposed to be the guy. And so this made total sense and I'm happy with it. And listen, I have been happy about signings before. I've shit on signings before. I wasn't very happy with Cole Hamels, but I was wrong. You know?
0: Oh yeah, you aren't. That's right. The Cole Hamels has been fantastic. Uh I thought he was cop, I, yeah. I thought
1: he was terrible in Texas, and so we
0: got him and I was just like this is not good. Yeah, I mentioned too that I was when I was talking to Ryan Dempster, not to name drop everybody, but uh yes. he um, He mentioned that Texas is just an incredibly hard place to pitch. And I think uh, it just didn't suit Cole Hamels very well there. You know who disagrees with that? Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Did did he pitch at the ballpark in Arlington? Is it the same stadium?
1: No, I want to say they have built a new stadium since him. Yeah, that sounds about right, right? Um, I don't know where they
0: were. What was that called? I don't know what that's. They had I can't an old remember one. What it was called, but yeah, Nolan Ryan obviously pitched very well. They've had some great pitching there, of course. So um, Cliff Lee. Yeah, Cliff Lee had. Was he? Who was the last Ranger to win a Cy Young? Or has a Ranger won the Cy Young? That's a good question. I don't think Cliff Lee won with them. I know he had a good season with them, but yeah, it's a tough ballpark to pitch, and I know he's been just incredible since. Um, the Cubs had picked him up. Remember last year at one point his ERA plus with the Cubs was like 400 or something. Yeah, it was ba- it was bananas. Yeah, I looked him up recently. I think he's tenth in WAR in the National League. Kyle Hendricks is fifth, and uh, Jose Quintana is like 17th. Lester's like 29th, and then um, you Darvish is. Not Boy,
1: you uh, you are right. The Rangers like, have had zero Cy
0: Young winners. It's a tough ballpark to pitch in. It's uh, Dempster said he remembered one time, you know, because the Cubs traded him uh, to Texas, that he threw a pitch and was like, cool, shallow five ball to the left. Nice, out of the inning. And then he just kept seeing the left fielder go back, back, and back. And he's like, wait, wait what's going on? And then the ball is gone. Here are the and teams that have, won, that have won zero,
1: by the way. And some of them, like the Rockies, that's like, I don't know how that ever changes. That's where pitchers go to die.
0: It's Yeah, the, the day that happens, there will be something else.
1: The Marlins, and you're like, wow, they've had some good pitchers, but still, they've only been around since 93. The Rangers, I think that they were around since, like, what, the 70s? I want to say 77 or 60. Oh, 61. Goddamn. But they were the – uh I don't – yeah, uh, Arlington Stadium is where Nolan Ryan pitched. The Rangers were – I think that they were the Senators or something. And then – But the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds,
0: have never had a Cy Young winner. Wow. You're kidding me, because they're the oldest team in the National League. Aren't they? Aren't they a team since
1: like That's like kind of Eighteen something? That's a weird uh, thing that they say. Because like in eighteen I guess like the Cubs, their stadium burnt down in the Chicago fire, so they kind of went away and came back. But, you know, I guess the
0: Reds. I'm trying to think of, like, see, when they won the World Series in 1990, they were known for that sick bullpen.
1: Yeah, Dibble, Myers, uh, Norm uh, Charlton or Charleston.
0: Yeah, and then who's the big ace? That Jose Rio? Jose Rio, Rio?
1: was the shit. They had uh, years that Mario Soto could have won it in the 80s. They had Tom Seaver. Uh not in his like prime, prime, but like you would think yeah. that, like during the Big Red Machine, like one of those like guys would have won like twenty five games, and they just would have given it to him. But uh, I would have, like the Reds pitchers, man, like not as good as because uh, they've been given MVP awards to like basically all of them.
0: Barry Larkin
1: is an MVP. For Reds, <laughs> yeah. for the last
0: Red to do it. Uh, no, Vato, Vato, yeah. Joe, we Vato, huh? Yeah. I don't know why I like saying his name like that. Sometimes I like to say you forget uh, he's but... Italian. You do, or is native... he? Is he Italian? I don't even know. I think he's Italian, Vato. But it also could, you could also say like Joey Vatos Locos. I don't know. I'm just being, <laughs> yeah, I'm so... being silly with the accents, guys. Yeah. Good so you can say Dory Omagato, Mister Joey Vato. Yeah, 1882
1: yeah. is when the the Reds started. I don't know why people say they're the oldest because there's clearly older teams
0: in 1882. I, I don't know why. Yeah, but I always hear like the Cubs and Reds have played longer than any other, than the other two teams and blah, they, blah. And we know the Cubs is a franchise established in 1876 anyway, though. But yeah, you know, switching back to Craig Kimbrell, um, they he, don't
1: have any good pitchers. Who's who's a good pitcher? Johnny Vandermeer, two, uh, two no hitters back to back.
0: Who are you talking about now? The Reds still? Yeah, they're They they're just don't have the history of good pitchers. You're right. I can't think of any one guy where you're like, oh, that guy was. I mean, most teams, you could think of one guy who's like a shutdown. Oh, he was their ace for five or six years. I can't think of anyone who's an ace for the Reds. Edison Volquez, you know, like, yeah. Looks like they're clear number one for several years. Like the Cubs, this current Cubs team has had John Lester at the top of the rotation since 2015 that's going on almost five seasons well they won and the Cy Jake Young Arietta in 20, that. yeah
1: Arietta won the Cy Young
0: and Kyle Hendricks right now was who's the guy who was the top Cy Young finisher it was like what second or third in voting that one year in 2016 and then even before that the Cubs of the 90s had Greg's Matt, Greg Maddox in the early 90s you had Kerry Wood John Lieber and then Mark Pryor Carlos Zambrano. Um, so you had some aces along the way during that 2000s decade Fergie uh, Jiggins yeah, '80s Cubs had Rick Sutcliffe won a Cy Young in '84 when he was sixteen and one, after being traded from the uh, Cleveland Indians, in which we yeah. gave up Joe Carter. But that turned out to be fine because Carter was a little overrated, to be honest with you. Although with Bruce, teams, Bruce Suter won a Cy Young with the Cubs. Yeah, I mean that we've even that was what the Cubs were smart with for being a team that never won. They always had guys who could sell tickets. They always had those guys where you're like, oh, well, we got to go to the ballpark and check out Kingman. We got to go to the ballpark and check out Dawson. Sammy yeah. Russell. So they had these superstars, but just never had a good team. It is. It's just weird.
1: No pitcher wanted to go pitch for that fucking 76, 77, 75 Reds team.
0: Well, it's just a team with a bunch of number twos and number threes, you know. Don't always have that sexy uh, number one who's staring at you with one blue eye and one brown eye like Max Scherzer. <laughs> That's how he gets people out. The hitters go, oh, man, he takes you out of focus. You ever look at two different colors? Like, yeah. yeah. Seriously, like you like, h- like intensely look at two different colors. It'll hurt your head a little You'll get a headache.
1: Major, League, base- Major League Baseball has a guy who struck out 20 batters in a game who has thrown no hitters, who's possibly the greatest pitcher in the world, who has one eye different color than the other eye, and they do not market it, and his name is fucking Max Scherzer.
0: Like he's a a Marvel villain. A failure on Major League Baseball's part yet again. I mean, who do we got to talk to to put us in charge of marketing? I don't know. We would turn that ship around. I mean that's, that's an ongoing conversation with baseball. Every every week or so, every time I run into certain people, they'll bring up about how baseball, the average viewer is 55. What are they going to do? Ratings and attendance is down I think this year. What are you going to do? I think ratings and attendance being down this year are a little bit weather related because there's been tons of rainouts across the country in the early going. Come summer, ratings will be a little more stable. Yeah. Uh yeah, part of me thinks hey, baseball makes 10 billion dollars a year. Maybe that's fine. We should just be happy to make ten billion a year, and I'm okay with that. I love the game as is. Why do we got to go out and, you know, sell the game to a bunch of idiots who don't appreciate a good game? I don't know. So I go back and forth with it. But then again, I'm like, I love the game, and why not evolve? Every other sport evolves. Football makes rule changes every off season. Uh, even basketball got rid of hand checking, which I hate actually as a fan. But they still they've done different things. They all take like four steps now oh yeah traveling doesn't count anymore see i came up um let me tell you about my basketball everyone just a little we're gonna take a break from baseball for the next minute 20. i was obsessed with basketball almost as much as i was obsessed with baseball in uh, the late 90s you know we had the bulls win championships makes sense i was one of the taller kids but i still moved like a guard So I was was an all-star in uh, the Park District League. I was a very good basketball player. My grade school didn't have a team, so the Park District League was the league for our neighborhood. And then uh, what happened was a guy like Allen Iverson came through and started double dribbling and traveling on every play. And everyone started to mimic him because Jordan just retired, and I wasn't ready to let go of Jordan. So I remember going like, oh, that's traveling. You can't do a jump stop. That's traveling. That's ups and downs. It's double dribble. And people were just saying to me, like, man, who fucking calls that shit in pickup? And I was like, all right, fine. Wait until the league games start up, and you're going to get called for left and right. And then the refs didn't call it for whatever reason. And then the game started to change, and I was 14 going on 40, and uh, it it wasn't fun. I just kind of got annoyed with the game of basketball. Honestly, the jump stop is fucking traveling. You can't take two steps, then skip in the air, and, and come to a complete stop, and then shoot it. That's traveling. And... That one Iverson crossover move he did, where he bounced the ball and then kind of spun it up behind his back, that's also traveling because he technically picks the ball up from his dribble. Now, if he bounced it and then like it was a bounce behind the back, that's fine. But he did like a bounce catch spin. If it was just a bounce spin. No problem with that whatsoever. But
1: so Iverson, dead. so Iverson is patient zero for dribbling
0: rules being out the window. I think, in a way, Iverson, um, Damon Stoudemire, Stefan Marbury. There was a lot of these hot shot point guards. The league switched to a point guard league late 90s, early 2000s for a little bit there. Yeah. You know, there was a few years there where it's like, oh, this is clearly point guards are the next new thing, it felt like.
1: Do you know what was so hot back then that you haven't
0: mentioned is and one mixtapes? Oh, and one mixtapes. Yeah, totally. So those were fun, but they're not legal. Most of those dribbling moves aren't legal. They're, they're sexy and cool to watch. Don't get me wrong, but... They're carries and they're... Yeah, so, I mean, why don't we do that? We should do and one mixtapes for baseball with bat flips and other cool shit. Oh, before we talk about Dallas Keuchel and him signing with the Braves and how that affects the, um, the NL East, apologies, everybody. I keep uh, misspeaking today, and I'm, I'm not sure why. But uh, there was a big play yesterday between the Giants and Dodgers, that huge rivalry, one of the biggest rivalries in all of the sports, really. Uh, you, we forget about it in the rest of the country because ESPN has such a strong East Coast bias that it's um, not hobby bias, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a bias. East Coast bias. Bias. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, you know, they always talk about, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, and then Cubs, Cardinals get some love. But the Giants-Dodgers, to me, is maybe more serious than the other two because fans will often get gut-stabbed in parking lots.
1: I mean, that's definitely not forgotten in my neck of the woods, but... Oh, no. Uh,
0: yeah, you live in Echo Park, my friend. I get it.
1: I live in Silver Lake, but yeah, same oh, thing.
0: Oh, Silver Lake. So You're on
1: the border, kind of, right? Or are you straight up Silver Lake? I think I'm straight up Silver Lake. I live on Silver Lake. You do live on Silver Lake.
0: We shouldn't be saying exactly where you live, guys. Silver Lake's a long street. Don't be looking up Bryo's house. Guys, do you, you want to come over? In private? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to walk his dog. Um, <laughs> Yeah, totally. So, anyway, what happened was Max Muncie, a guy who I was curious about last year because he kind of broke out of nowhere last year. Oh, what yeah. You know, 30 home runs at the age of 27 every yeah. of his career before then. Yeah, he
1: came up and started uh, swinging uppercuts. And then he kind of came up the same way Jock Peterson did, honestly. Peterson was a little bit younger, though. Peterson was, like, 23, I think. That's a good point. Out. Yeah. but Muncy like. been minor league guy who decided like ah, I hit taters
0: now. I eat taters and I hit taters. I mean, sometimes you get the right hitting coach that just completely changes your swing. That happened with Tommy Lasstella in uh, Anaheim right now. The guy's a uh, an all-star probably. I voted and, for um, him. Yeah, he's having a great year. Yeah, next month he's 28 years old, so he was 27 last year the year he broke out. It's uh yeah, the, I guess um, Chili Davis, the Cubs hitting coach last year, who's now with the Mets who it's really um, fallen by the wayside as far as the future of baseball goes because he doesn't like the whole launch angle. He thinks launch angle's a fad. He just wants to teach you know, players to hit line drives and go the opposite way, which, look, isn't a bad approach. But when you have guys with these awesome natural uppercut swings, why would you change that? And, um, yeah, so I guess Tom Lestella in Anaheim worked on getting more of a launch angle on a swing, and he's been hitting bombs.
1: I used to think he was such a goddamn baby, and now I'm kind of like, man, we, why didn't we let him uh, do try this stuff?
0: Well, famously, in 2016, I remember they had to send him down. It was a numbers game with some injuries in the bullpen. They were like, oh, we, what can we do? We got to send him down. And it wasn't because he was playing bad, but he freaked out. Remember, he didn't report to Iowa. He yeah. was missing for a week. He went back home to New Jersey to like crash on his brother's couch. And then he finally, after a week, talked to Theo and Jed, uh, the Cubs, you know, front office, saying, "If I'm not on the Cubs, I don't want to play. I'm just going to retire from baseball." And they're like, "Well, you know, we're not going to beg you to play because, again, you're Tommy La <laughs> You're a nice <laughs> player. We, we like your lefty bat off the bench. But all right, retire ten. What the fuck do you want from us? But we're just letting you know, that we think you're overreacting a little bit. We get it. This is a tight group. You you love every one of your teammates. We respect the loyalty." But uh, why don't you get on a fucking bus and go to Iowa, <laughs> and then we'll bring it back up soon enough once we figure out the bullpen situation because we got a little, we got a few too many arms right now, and it'll work itself out, Tommy. And then he eventually did, but it was a weird thing. He's very lucky. His teammates were cool like that. He was. He's very tight with. He was very tight with Rizzo and mm-hmm. Arietta, and I know this because they're,
1: they're all to- they're
0: all dagos. Stella, no Arietta is a Spanish name. I always thought he was Italian. He's not. Jake Arietta is not Spanish. He's, he's not Italian. He's not. I was I really know, I dude, I thought Jake Arietta was Italian too, but he's not. He is um I believe of he's American, but I believe he's of Puerto Rican descent. Arietta? I'm pretty sure, man. He is not Italian at all. I remember looking it up being like, really this dude's not Italian. Uh, Max Muncy by the way, his 13th home run yesterday, and we'll get to that in a second. He's off to a very solid 2019 season in which uh, 885 OPS, 133 OPS plus. Yeah, dude's a good hitter. Uh, 372 on base percentage. Yeah, he could hit. I'm only on his Baseball Reference. I didn't go to Fangraphs. Baseball Reference is little is the first one, so I just wanted to click on his age. Anyhow, um, all right, uh, Jake Arrieta. Let's see if we got to find out. But my point though was that I knew they were boys because when David Ross was on Dance with the Stars, they all like went to. Talked to Rizzo, Arietta, and Lestella. They were all like at, at Rizzo's house. And I'm like, oh, they almost be pretty tight. And then there are other times where you just see Arietta and um, Lestella. Arietta and Lestella were also on the same World Series parade bus. And Rizzo and, and Lestella, you'd always see like hanging out in the, in the uh, dugout, too. Anyway, hmm. sorry guys, I'm not as uh, smooth today as I normally am. Let's see. Jake Arietta was born in Missouri. He is uh,
1: Linda Arietta. He's of Puerto Rican ancestry.
0: Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Puerto Rican descent?
1: You did say that, yeah. Yeah, he's Puerto Rican. Wow.
0: Yeah, I remember him actually saying when someone brought something, when something, someone said something about Trump or whatever, he said, um, Hey, look, you know, I, I, I made the joke on Twitter that really wasn't, it was more about the people who just threatened to leave. It wasn't, you know, to say I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm for this guy or against that person. Remember, because he had that tweet that made people go, Oh my God, Ariel, that's a Trump guy. Um, he was saying that he's not a Trump guy and he was, he's worried about Trump's views towards Hispanic people. He goes, cause, Jake you know, Arietta
1: explains post election tweet and why he will miss White House trip with Cubs. That's what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, wow. I didn't know he was Puerto Rican
1: and I always thought he was a Trump guy. So I learned something right there.
0: Yeah. I think he's just one of those dudes that's like hates that stupid threat about moving to Canada. So, remember, because yeah, like no one, no one, Hollywood. yeah, no one moved. Nobody does move. I'm doing a joke right now about how, how the joke essentially is that I love how people think baseball season's too long, but they're also really into American politics. And oh, right, yeah, because well, dude, the election is until November of 2020, it's June of 2019. That yeah. is so far away. <laughs> And yet everyone I know, we see it all the time, our thread, in which we never talk about the Cubs, but it's called Go Cubs, our text thread, <laughs> little yeah. titled Go Cubs. And every yeah. now and then yeah. we'll get one cup And I even say, because you, you made you shared like a great baseball post, and then our buddy Dwyer followed it with, what do you guys think about this horrible shit? And it's like, can we just go back and forth about baseball one time for one night? Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a f- I, I love our group. I love our group too, but that one night I was just, I got excited because I'm like, oh yeah, let's get a little baseball going yeah you're like can we do four
1: posts in a row that are baseball related
0: yeah four exchanges because it's usually be like you'll be like baseball i'll be like baseball and then someone will be like look at this motherfucker and then share like a link to some horrible politician well, of, or media member all of us like
1: politics i mean no we do we do
0: uh... we do i've just i've reeled it in, in the During the during i the... know we've Go got ahead. there's so much time to talk politics i just don't want to you don't want to be burnt out I I just know that uh, during the
1: 2019 World Series, when it's like game four, Cubs are going for a sweep in uh, in Houston, if Brendan McGowan or Matt Dwyer is posting, like, do you hear what Kamala said? I'll be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, but I doubt it. It'll happen then, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, so basically, in the, and I'm just making fun of the fact that no one ever fucking moves to Canada, and, um, and then I make fun of Republicans for not having a country in which they can move to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, where are you going to go that doesn't have free health care and all the shit you're afraid of coming to America. Oh, that's so, a good point. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Max Muncy, so he hits a bomb, an ocean shot, a bay shot into, uh, McCovey Cove off of uh, Madison Bumgarner who is showing his age of late. And uh yeah, yeah. let's see how Madison Bumgarner's what, 33 now. Let's see how old is Madison Bumgarner? Madison Bumgarner's twenty nine? Fuck off. He's that young. Wait a second. No fucking way. So when he is he's dominating
1: 29. the World Series, he's like in his early twenties?
0: In twenty fourteen, yeah, he was he was like twenty four, twenty five when he was doing that. Holy shit. Good lord. Yeah, he has a zero point two five career World Series ERA. Fifty two and two 30... What is it? Zero point two five is his career world series ERA. He Dude,
1: was he world could series go MVP in twenty fourteen. I hate him, but he could go to the Hall of Fame if Jack Morris gets in for one game, which is basically what he did, then yeah. Madison Bumgarner will get in uh, to the Hall of Fame with a veteran's pick. I'm I'm almost going to guarantee
0: it. Kind of like a Bill Mazeroski thing where it's like, look how clutch yeah. he was. Yeah, yes. Could be.
1: But, I mean, I,
0: that's not to I mean, say isn't, that Bumgarner has been some big years.
1: Uh, is Bobby Thompson in the Hall
0: of Fame? That is a great question. I'm going to have to look that up. Sorry, I'm on Madison Bumgarner first.
1: I know Mazeroski. Yeah, I I think that – I think. Mad Bum will get in, a veteran's pick, and people will be like, I don't know.
0: But his – You know, runner's not off to a bad start this year, actually. He's got a 1.1 war right now, ERA 383, fifth's about the same. I mean, you'd like to see that a little bit lower. But, um yeah, Is he now, doing better or worse than Samarja? I don't know. I don't have the whole team thing up. I just got the Giants right now. His strikeout, um, his K-9's per down a little bit. It's actually up from 2018 and up from – 2017, he's averaging 8.69. Walk rates down to 1.76. Home runs up. That's why he's giving up a few more bombs. The guy's had a, a, so far a really good career. Just the last, like last year, he was injured for most of the year, only made 21 starts, 129 innings. 2017, he was injured too, only through 111 innings. But look at this man from 2011, which what he would have been, if he's 29 now, he would have been 20 as a freaking 20 year old. Let me double check his freaking age. Yeah, twenty nine years, <laughs> ten months. Yeah, he'll be uh he'll be thirty in August. So basically when he came up Me was, too. Yeah, you'll be thirty in August too. Um he was over two hundred innings, one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, and um, had wars of four, two, six, three five, three, six, five, oh, four, three. Five and fours are good wars for a pitcher.
1: They always um, used to compare like he had like a mini rivalry with Kershaw which I thought was completely unfair to Bumgarner even though and I want to repeat this again I hate Madison Bumgarner but I like their post seasons is a whole other story I think Bumgarner is an overrated pitcher in terms of like regular season I also think people are out of their goddamn minds with his hitting statistics like people act like he's Ted Williams you know
0: but... Oh yeah, he's he's isn't he's, he's, he had a couple home runs off of Kershaw?
1: Probably, yes. And yeah. But Arietta
0: hit a home run off of
1: Baumgartner in that postseason in 2016, didn't
0: he? Brendan McGowan and I saw it live.
1: There you go. Yeah, that was a fun one. You guys were there for a marathon of a game and then drove back.
0: Hello? Yeah, I Oh, sorry, sorry. I moved my phone and I thought it went off for a split second. Sorry about that. Listeners. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Bumgarner's regular season members are definitely overrated. Uh, so he's just, you know, I stuck up for him briefly because I was at, was I at the game? Yeah, I was at the game when, um, it was Bumgarner versus Kershaw. I was there with a friend of ours, Rhea butcher, very funny comedian, has a yep. baseball podcast we recommend called three strikes podcast. That I was actually on, but I don't think the episode ever came out. We maybe recorded when I was in Chicago, and um, maybe it's Patreon. Maybe or maybe I yeah, the recording didn't go through. Maybe it is Patreon. You're right. So anyway, I and, uh, and JP Buck, he was there. It was the three of us. Really? And yeah. yeah J,
1: JP loves the Yankees.
0: Yeah. Well, Ria hit me up going, "Hey, do you want to go to the game today? It's uh, Bumgarner versus Kershaw." And I was like, "You I knew that too." And I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" And then uh, they were like, "Well, me and um, JP are meeting here, so if you want to meet." at that time. And I met him like outside the stadium. So, uh, great game. But at the one time there was like a scuffle in which I guess Madison Bumgarner shouted at Puig as Puig was like going up the first baseline or something like that. Yes. And I just remember uh, being like Bumgarner. So I was, I was annoyed with Bumgarner and I was like, God, he's so annoying with that old school bullshit. Right. And then later people were like a white man yelling at a Brown man. And I'm like, I don't think that's what it was because Bumgarner's a dick to everybody. But then I'm again,
1: I'm I'm telling you, man. There's something to that, though. We we talked we've talked about it on the show like twenty times.
0: But I mean, I think get... there's something about it with certain people. But I don't like the assumption that that's automatically. Ooh, does that mean maybe... white players can't yell at anyone but other white players?
1: He only gets mad at brown players.
0: Well, not yesterday. That's Max Muncie.
1: All right. Yeah. yeah I mean, but... maybe he was like, maybe he thought. His name is Max.
0: Max. Tex Mex Monday. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a fun guy. I want to party with him, do some like, Tex Mex Monday. That North Carolina motherfucker
1: being like, I hate this Mex Monday.
0: Well, dude, you remember what it was? It was really funny because well, I, I just thought it was I remember talking to you and McGowan like the next day or 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 that night, even. And you guys both being like that racist piece of shit. And I was like, Oh, was Madison racist? And you guys were both like, well, you saw what happened. I'm like, yeah, I did. And Nobody in our section thought, oh, look at him being racist towards our guy, Puig. Because, you know, I was surrounded by Dodger fans. I was at Dodger Stadium. We just were like, oh, is such a fucking ass, you know? And uh, and I was just kind of like, oh, I, I don't know. I just felt uncomfortable with assuming that because he yelled at Puig, he must be racist. I'm like, Puig's kind of a guy that people get annoyed with. So it almost, you know, makes sense. And that's yeah. I thought Gunner got into it with Harper, too. So I'm like, oh, I, don't, I didn't know that he had a history. Of yelling at players of color, maybe I I still don't know if he does. But then, real quick, let me say this: you made me laugh. Real quick, I'm 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 gonna make you laugh with this one. Trust me. You then sent me a picture of Bumgarner and his wife, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he's racist. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, Google image everybody. Google image Matt Madison Bumgarner's wife, Uh, which I feel like a dick saying. I don't like making fun of people's wives. That's mean. I'm sure she's lovely. It's just
1: unfortunate.
0: She's a little on the unfortunate side. It's a weird dynamic, the picture, because we know he, he's a 1000000 multi-millionaire millionaire baseball player. What does he make? $15 million a year at least, I think. And if um, not more, I don't know what his contract is. And he's like wearing a bolo tie and just like a flannel <laughs> a flannel tucked into jeans. And they're clearly on the field at AT&T Park. And he's got his arms around her. Oh, well, not around her because, you know, he's... Six five, not seven three. Um, <laughs> see, I'm being an asshole. Oh, I hate being that guy. I smell that's not that shaming, I, that's just I, describing I, someone.
1: Maybe he likes a sturdy woman,
0: maybe he likes them big. There's nothing wrong with liking them big. I, I you know, I I've, bet, I've, I've, I've you, seen some very attractive overweight women because they have beautiful smiles, and like you know, better than like some waifi thin chicks that uh have like you know, bitch face and stuff.
1: Oh my god, most guys I know like uh, that. That plus-size lady that's in the uh, Sports Illustrated magazine?
0: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Amanda something, maybe, I think. She's, she's curvy and vivacious, but she's still <laughs> hot. That's the key. You could be a model, but you have to, it doesn't matter your body size as long as you're hot. Right.
1: See, every now and then someone's I'm like, sure. well, why can't yeah. anyone be a
0: model? I'm like, no, no. I don't want to live in a world where anybody can be a model. You still have to be hot.
1: I don't know why anybody wants that world. And, like, I've had this argument, and it's a very sensitive subject with women, But I've had this argument, and it's just like, why do you why does everybody have to be hot, like and beautiful? Like, I learned I wasn't a long time ago, and guess what? I'm over it.
0: Yeah, people just have to accept that stuff. I agree with you on that, you know. Like, why can't you you be
1: good at something else? But it's like, well, we tell women like they're pretty when they're little, and you're like, oh, you look so pretty, and like that's important, and it's whatever.
0: But I saw some interview where who the Fuck was it? Oh man, I can't give the person credit because I thought it was kind of a funny thing. He said, um, I didn't know Martin Luther King, I didn't know Albert Einstein, I didn't know um, you know, he named like 19 super famous John Glenn, I didn't know Susan B. Anthony, I didn't know these people, I didn't know these people, I didn't know these people. But I can guarantee you they all sucked ass at CrossFit. Like nah. and, and he only said that because he was like, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. That was like his point. He goes, I just need all these great people, but I guarantee you they all have one thing in common that they suck at. So it was like a good – it was like a really good point, overall point he was making, you know? Yeah. And um, you kind of just made the whole thing where it's like, hey, (laughs) we're not all uh, Brad Pitt.
1: Yeah, and I I think that most guys would date uh, the alien hot skinny model because other dudes would be like, that guy must be pretty fucking cool. Like you're doing that as like a status symbol because other people would be like, way to go, buddy. But like that's not what you're really into.
0: You're into uh thick dumpers. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, you know, not to say, look, dude, there are some Victoria's Secret models that are, of course, unbelievable. But I mean, I think to you know, teach yeah. their own and all that. But it just doesn't make I would rather deal with someone who's fun and confident and like themselves. Than um, you know, someone who thinks they're supposed to be beautiful. I actually got – I brought this up to some people like last week. I was hanging out with some comics. Uh, and sorry, listeners, that we're getting a little bit off baseball, but we'll get back to it momentarily, is that I think the best models are Instagram models. And some people laugh at me like, what? And I go, hear me out, though. They're natural. They're organic models. These are people <laughs> that society decided to follow. This wasn't some – ah. Um, this isn't, yeah, you know what I mean? This isn't some gatekeeper up in a Manhattan office going, now this is beauty. Oh No, we decided.
1: It's democratic. We decided,
0: yeah. People who follow, if you're someone who's like, oh, I have a million followers, I, I've never been signed by an agency. I'm, although after a million, you probably get signed by at that point. But there are, there are women out there who just had this organic following on Instagram where they were like, oh yeah, I was never, you know, they thought I wasn't tall enough or this enough, but I just started posting pictures of myself in bikinis on Instagram and now I got a fuckload of followers and I endorse these products that they hit me up directly for. To me, isn't that like that's like punk rock modeling in a way.
1: Grassroots
0: hoots. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like so to me, those are my favorite kind of models because that was some form of society said, Oh, I think this chick is hot. I'm gonna follow her and, or for a guy too. They think he's hot, whoever, you know. Do you and, know who
1: else? But here's the thing, though. You know what else guys think is hot? Everything. No matter who, who, who yeah, you too. are, totally. No matter who you are, what you look like, what age you are, a lot of dudes are into that.
0: For sure, but isn't it better to have those dudes following someone on Instagram, deciding that this is what they want, instead of you know um, well, media f- and magazines yes. telling you what you think is hot? Oh. Yeah, that was the biggest knock that women have with Victoria's Secret Sports Illustrated and all these magazine covers, Cosmo, all that shit out there is that they are defining beauty standards that are unrealistic for most women to achieve and therefore young women develop eating disorders and all this other horrible shit. Uh, to me, I look at the Instagram side of it and I go, hey, you know, that's still there's still filters there. Unlike airbrush, not unlike airbrush with magazines. They also, if you look. So it's still not real, but at least it's in the hands of the consumer more than it is some asshole in an office.
1: Yeah, but they still Photoshop their shit. Like you can see uh, like fitness women who's like all like look close. Like Victoria and I, my wife, look at this like uh, constantly and she'll show me and she'll be like, what about this one? One thing that threw me off that's happened in the past like five, ten years that I hate is the butt implants.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't like them either because they're too big. You don't need that. You don't need a bucket that big.
1: It's 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 like actually pretty gross.
0: Yeah, I don't. know. Yeah. it looks like if you started like rubbing the butt, you'd be uh, it'd be like clay doh You know what I mean? You could like remold yeah. it.
1: Yeah, you could start your handprints in there now.
0: Yeah, really? Should I, should I sign your ass and take a picture next to it?
1: Yeah, you sit, to my print? You sit down on a long flight. Now your your <laughs> butt shaped like that. I don't know how it works. Was
0: your ass the corner of Hollywood and Highland? Come
1: on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I miss Hollywood and Highland. I used to drive by it every day. Actually, it's a shit intersection, but you know, I just kind of miss LA in general. So I wanted to.
1: There was like an old uh, Kid Rock song where he's like, "Spend all my time at Hollywood and Vine," and it's just like, that's a Starbucks, dude.
0: Oh, well, there's a Chase Bank there too.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, and a Walgreens, I believe, at one quarter.
1: I don't... Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go down the street to Amoeba Records, though. Hell yeah. That dog's barking at somebody. Anyway, so Max Muncy had a great comeback line. We're back to Madison Bumgarner, who started barking at him by saying, "Here, run the bases, dickhead." And Muncy, like, kind of like says, "Fucking, let's go." He was kind of like challenging him to a fight as he's rounding first to second. That's what it looked like, at least. But I guess he said, "If he doesn't want me to, to you know, admire my home runs, he should go get the ball out of the ocean." Then, uh... which is funny, but he could. I thought that line could have been phrased a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he he told Madison, "Go get the ball out of the ocean." And I won't pimp it. I don't, he should have said something like, you know, you know, don't don't get serving up balls to the ocean. I don't know. I just, it, it was worded a little bit weird on, on Muncie's end, but still a, a pretty badass line.
1: Right. If you're, if you're running around the bases, did he say it while he was jogging or you say it in
0: the, press I don't know. I, I, I said it in the press conference.
1: Oh, uh, okay. If he, if I was,
0: if he said to run in the bases and he's like, dude, it's in the ocean, go, go fucking go swimming, bitch, that would have been a great line. I, Still swimming, bitch. I think that's pretty good. I think I that, know bitch isn't popular, but you know,
1: I think it's okay to call um,
0: a man a bitch. Bum yeah.
1: Bumgarner a bitch. Sure, right. Although one time I saw Chris De on a, a comedian on a on a show, and he's like, "The guy's name is Bummy. What kind of guy has that type of nickname?" And I was like, "Are you are you a fucking idiot?"
0: Yeah, Bummy, Madison Bumgarner. I've heard that. It's not uncommon.
1: But he's acting okay. He's, anyway, he's dogging the guy for his nickname, having the word bum in it. And it's just like, hey, bro, could you like tell me his last name? And then we'll both figure out together why he might have that fucking nickname. Yeah, it's a, it's a shitty joke. It's, it's also a shitty joke. Every what was the um, the, the secretary of defense, James Mattis?
0: Uh, yeah, he was at one point. Mad, mad dog, Mattis.
1: Yeah, and they're all like they call this, and he's the sane one. And it's just like, okay, his last name isn't bad. Do I have to explain? He resigned, how, too. Do I have to explain how nicknames work to people? Yeah,
0: people don't. I mean, they really don't. It's uh, I know there's this the thing it's I mean, you could just do a whole podcast about how annoyed we are with society. Um, I don't know Chris De Stefano real. It's last name De Stefano.
1: I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't, really know, I don't know, I don't know him at joke. all. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I've heard guy. good things
0: about him. I've heard good things about him, actually. But it just goes to show you that we're not, we're not funny all the time.
1: <laughs> I, I don't want to pick apart. I don't want anybody. I don't want to pick apart the guy's one terrible line that he said. But it just goes along with how I don't think uh, regular people know how uh,
0: nicknames work. No, yeah, like Mark Derosa was Dero. You know, like there's a lot of them are just off the name. Like snake, if someone started calling you the like Snake because it rhymes.
1: Killer. If someone started calling you Killer.
0: I had a baseball coach called me killer. Coach Hawkins called me killer.
1: And someone's like, "Who, he must be a real psychopath." it would be like, "Or or it, it reminds." Anyway.
0: There you go. Like Brightenstein Brido. It's not like Brido. What is this guy? Always the bride? <laughs> yeah. What a <laughs> you know what, I mean? what
1: a fucking creep.
0: Yeah, right. Why is he always
1: getting married? Why doesn't he just Oof. stick to, stick to one man?
0: Guy really likes white dresses, you know. <laughs>
1: Man, I was looking at a, I was looking at an old Sports Illustrated, and they called Dave Parker the Cobra, and I was just like, God damn it! I wish that I'd somehow in life I'd earned the name the Cobra.
0: The Cobra is cool. It's like in um, Game of Thrones when uh, Tyrion was like, "Well, his, his nickname's the Viper. He must be pretty good, right?" Yeah. Remember when the Viper versus the Mountain? Yeah. No spoiler alerts, guys. But that one did. Uh, that was a frustrating one to watch.
1: One of them gets their head crushed.
0: It's like you fucking had him, dude. Anyway, all right. Um, show off. I'll still get into it with people over some stuff about it. That, one, that was a hard one to watch because it's like you fucking had the guy. You had him. It's like the guy who returns the – in football we see this. Every now and then the guy starts celebrating before they get in the end zone. <laughs> and the ball gets knocked out of their hands, and it's like you dick. One more yard. You had one more yard, and then you could have done your stupid little fucking dance. But you celebrated too early, and now it's fucking going back the other way. Leon Lett, dipshit.
1: Leon Lett and Don Beebe.
0: Yes, that's what that's what made Don Beebe. They're like, oh, this is a fast white guy. Let's go go take his camp.
1: I think being a fast white guy also made Don Beebe.
0: Yeah, he was very very fast. So, all right. Well, now we're. This is the latest round of the new guard of baseball and the old guard of baseball meeting, which is, that's why I thought Madison Bungerner was older. It's like, dude, you're 29. Yeah. yeah you were like, a year older than Max Muncy. It's like he went to high school with goose gossage. Yeah. Right. So you expect the goose gossages and the reds announcer, the noise of shit out of everybody. And all these announcers going like, oh, I don't really like because they're old, but a 29 year old pitcher getting upset about a 28 year old hitter. Dude. And again, like, you know me, I'm weird with this. I, I love the bat flips. But if a pitcher is like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm going to hit you in the face. Don't hit him in the face, actually. I don't like that. No. I don't know why I said that. If you want to hit him in the in the back, in his kidney, in the, in the butt, go for <laughs> it. Because I kind of like that. That's exciting, too. If our whole motive is to be entertained, there's something entertaining about a pitcher and batter yelling at each other while rounding the bases. I kind of enjoy that moment. Well, there's
1: hardly anything in sports that is as sexy as a home run.
0: Yeah, it really is. The
1: only way that you can make it sexier really is that is like by pimping it. It looks fucking cool. The pitcher's job is to get you out. I understand like being a pitcher, having an ego and being like, don't make me look like an asshole. You already made me look uncool, but he dunked on me. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, if I like, honestly, I think I'd rather hit a major league home run than dunking. Cause dunks happen a lot all game long, right? Home runs, you know, yeah, there's a few hit a game, I guess, but they're still majestic. You know what I mean? When you're yeah. at the ballpark, you're like, whoa, shit. And as a fan, when you're watching it, there's, when the ball's in the air, you're like, I think that's gone. I think that's gone. Every now and then, I mean, sometimes you know immediately that the ball's gone. But at Wrigley, growing up going to Wrigley games with the wind blowing in, sometimes you're like, nah, the fucking wind's going to get that one. Or, or the wind takes it, you know, and it helps you out. But uh, it's something about watching the flight of the ball that's cool. Right. Where bas- you know, football touchdowns are cool and all that. And you're like, it's thrilling to watch the guy break tackles and get through, but it's not, it's not quite the same as being able to hit a ball over something else. Right.
1: Is it, yeah. is it more exciting than an inside the park home run?
0: I, you know, yes, <laughs> I, I think it's good. It's not more exciting. It's cooler. Home run, home runs are just cool. Like the inside the park home run, it's usually like, Oh, you hit the ball to the gap and then it, took a weird pop off the wall and, you know, care him the other way and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's exciting because of the relay and this and the play at the plate. Is he going to be safe? He's safe, you know, yeah, that's thrilling. You know, hockey, a breakaway goal is awesome. Like a shorthanded goal is really fucking cool. But the whole thing of like seeing a guy just unload on a ball and you know, as soon as it hits the bat, the way the trajectory of, Oh, he just hit off the heart of the bat and the ball just goes, boom. That, like, it doesn't get cooler than that to me. Um, So I don't blame these hitters for doing it. We're trying to encourage fun. It's fun. Uh, But until, I'm telling you, I bet starting within a year or two, we're going to see pitchers start to pimp strikeouts. And then I wonder if everybody's eventually going to be like, "Mm, maybe this is getting old. Uh, Maybe we should act like we've been there.
1: But also, okay, there is something gangster about a... Dude striking out the side, putting his head down and walking slowly back to the dugout.
0: I agree. I think that's badass, too. I used to throw this. Granted, it was like seventh grade, so nobody like threw curveballs yet. But I started early because I was a dick. Um, (laughs) I threw this one real bendy curveball that I would throw. And we had a mound at at Portage Park. Shitty mound, but a mound nonetheless. And I would know the way because it was like a slow curve, too. I knew when it hit a spot, oh, he's not swinging, and that sucker is breaking right over the heart of the plate. And I would walk off the mound before the umpire called strike three. And, like, <laughs> I would already be a couple steps toward the dugout when he'd bring him up and go, you know, strike three, to the real big thing, and it always felt badass.
1: You know, yeah, felt like
0: well, sacking the quarterback in football is pretty sweet. That would be a fun thing to do. You know, yeah. that's up there with home run. That might be in my top three. I guess it's got to go home run, dunking on somebody, where you get like the, your nuts in their mouth, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then a uh, sack the quarterback, where you also get your nuts in the quarterback's mouth. Um, a lot, of, a lot of nut play involved with uh, my celebrations. Robbing a home run, Shorthanded goal, robbing home runs, badass too. Um, like in hockey, I think like you know you're on the penalty kill, get that little four check, poke it away. You go on a breakaway, two guys are chasing you, deke the goalie, go fucking backhand top shelf. You do that. You start celebrating. It's pretty badass.
1: Buzzer beater three.
0: Buzzer beater three is pretty sweet too.
1: I don't know. What do That's most kids? Beat. What are most kids in their in their bedroom or their backyard like? Are they going five, four, three? Or are they like they're hitting a home run? Game seven of the World Series, bottom of the ninth.
0: I yeah, like... I think those are the two big ones. Hitting a buzzer beater in basketball, walk off home run. In football, nothing really happens at the buzzer. You could do an imaginary Hail Mary. Yeah. I guess, but like, you know, I think in football, defensive players probably have more fantasies of just like fucking cracking someone, where um, you know, if you're an offensive player, you just kind of envision touchdowns maybe, I don't really know. Uh, but, so, uh, you're right, it's pretty gangster, you strike out the sidewalk back, but let me let me throw this out there, what if pitchers were to celebrate every strikeout? Because people say this, the, the people who are the biggest bat flip proponents and again, I am on your, I'm a bat flip proponent too. I love the bat flip, keep them coming. The more the merrier. Um, they say, oh, well, if the pitcher strikes a guy out, I'm cool with him pumping his fist. Yeah, you're cool with him pumping his fist, but that's been done. That's not as thrilling as a bat flip, but bat flip's awesome. So we can do a glove flip, or are we going to do what me and you joked about? Or that, what if they just start humping them out? What <laughs> if they strike out? they bend down and give them out a, a quick fucking, how you do? You know? It's
1: inherently different though, because, uh, A home run is runs, whereas a strikeout is an out. One is significantly harder than the other.
0: Yeah, so you were saying that it would look lame to stop run prevention. But I'm wondering if Bumgarner's dick enough where he's going to be like, if they're going to fucking celebrate. Because he toned it down afterwards in the press conference. Bumgarner, he like kind of toned it down a little. So I wonder if these guys are going to start to be like, I'm wondering which pitcher is going to be the first pitcher to go, you know what? they're going to do bad flips, I'm going to fucking get – because, look, we've seen guys like Carlos and Brian get pumped up. Pedro Strope gets pumped up. We've seen guys fist pump and get excited. Fernando Fernando Rodney would do that bow and arrow thing. After you the know.
1: third out, I'm saying – After the
0: third out. But I'm wondering to, if – Go
1: to town after the third out, dude. Okay. Go to town. If you're walking back to the dugout and you feel that your inning was strong, that's your job. As a hitter, you're one dude, and if you hit a home run – and you're not coming up for, like, nine more guys, then, yeah. But if you struck a dude out, there's one out in the top of the first, and you're still going, like, ah, and, like, fucking, like, humping shit, you look like a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I guess you do look like an idiot. But that wasn't that the argument for Tim Anderson? Hitting a home run in the third inning of a game that was a meaningless home run and going nuts? Well, sure. turn the bat towards his dugout and be like, look at this shit. There was a home run hit.
1: I want to say it wasn't Bellinger. It was a home run hit by a new uh, Dodgers player, Taylor. Anyway, he hit a home run that uh, was, like, just, like, they got a run back. They didn't, like, tie the game or anything. And he was, like, like, waving his arms, like, let's go to, like, Dodger Stadium. And whoever was announcing it, probably Joe Buck, was just like, somebody needs to tell him <clears throat> that they still trail in the game. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to tie the game or put the, have put the game away. You got to save those up or you look fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to just stick up for the pitcher in a way. But I don't like Midas and Bum Gunner at all, so fuck him. You know, I agree with Max Muncie, you know, don't give up bombs. And I won't do that. But um, you know, I'm just trying to think of how the pitcher can get back at the guy.
1: Also, maybe if you if you Strike flip him out, yeah, if you, you know. flip a bat and your team loses still, like maybe yeah. maybe uh, something like maybe the newspaper or whatever website is like dumb flip of the day.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Call out these dopes. Yeah. All right, man. It's just an interesting thing. We'll have to see how the Giants, they play again in like eight days. And I'm pretty sure Bumgarner matches up with them too. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe Bumgarner throws one into his uh, ribs and we'll see what happens there. Sure. Once he wants to, you know, dance with them and we'll see what happens. Or maybe he just goes, you know what? The guy beat me. Now I'm gonna try to strike him out. And when I do strike him out, I'm gonna, you know, wiggle my dick at him. Maybe he'll do something <laughs> like that. He beat maybe. me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll start doing some cartwheels. I don't know. I don't know what is going to do. Pay
1: this man his money. He beats me.
0: He beats me. I, I, it's one of the great... i got to watch the movie again. Rounders. I haven't seen it in a long time. Great yeah. flick. Check. Check. All day. Check. All right. Here we go. Uh, Dallas um who is not on our popular list because of the trash talk he did toward the Cubs. He uh, signed with the Atlanta Braves. The thing with him is, it's not a hard thrower. Um so those guys you could see regressing kind of, or they get smarter and, you know, sometimes they can pitch deeper because of it. What do you think? How do you think Keiko's going to turn out for the Braves?
1: <clears throat> I mean, I think that... The that, Yankees
0: were after him too. That should be noted.
1: I think that that makes them mild favorites in that division.
0: Over Philadelphia right now? Yeah, they didn't
1: have, like that division is not overly impressive. I don't think anybody sees the Phillies as like a juggernaut, even though, I mean, like they're what they're 37 and 28. That's about what the Cubs and Brewers are, but
0: the Dodgers are the only team right now that clearly look like the elite of the NL.
1: That's what I'm saying. So uh, if you get some good, some better pitching for Atlanta and also the trade deadline still coming up, that was their biggest a weak point so
0: yeah. Yeah, he gives you some innings. Um he's uh yeah, he's still probably a solid piece. He's new to the NL so he'll probably get a time or two through the division in which they'll be a little bit like oh we're not familiar with his stuff. Right. Um I think it's a very good move for Atlanta, like I said before. They didn't really they didn't give up anything but money. And there's no salary cap in baseball. Every team waited till after the draft so they they don't have to sacrifice a pick. Cause both players were offered a qualifying offer and um, going forward. I think baseball is definitely gonna have to change. You know, I don't know how exactly I haven't really put much thought into what they could do. I definitely am at the point where I hate baseball's off season because it just, the regular season feels long and drawn out sometimes. Although I love the 162 games um, part of me wishes the playoffs were a little bit longer Right. Because you play 162 games and the first round is, or now the second round technically is a best of five. That doesn't seem like a very good sample size of what you just endured. And, um, but, you know, everyone's talking about is, is free agency broken because it took forever for these guys to sign? And I kind of thought, yeah, maybe. But then when I saw guys get the money that they were supposed to get, they just had to wait a while. Right. Yeah. 10 years, $300 million is pretty much what Fangraphs and all the other respectable sites valued Manny Machado. They go, we value this guy 10 years, $300 million. That's what he should get. That's what he got. It just right. took until March for him to get it. Um, same with Bryce Harper. He got what he deserved. It just took a while to get it. Um, as far as Kimbrel, the dude came out going, I want six years, $100 million, in a year in which baseball executives were like, ah, we're coming to the conclusion that closers are a little overrated. Uh, we think you're great. But six years, 100 million? Hell no. You know, and the Red Sox were like, "Well, we're already the highest payroll in baseball. We're going to go over that second luxury tax, in which the penalty actually becomes a thing because you get cost. It costs you 10 draft slots if you go over 26 million. So the Red Sox were like, mm, "We could get, we could figure it out without you. You pitched bad in October, we still won the World Series. So maybe we could makeshift recreate you um, in the time being and save ourselves a bunch of money." right um and again we we spent so much time talking about how important bullpens are but you're a huge uh, believer and these are just failed starters and a lot of them are overrated you can't consistently predict them all from year to year and i agree with you on that Brido. so because of that i think the economy is reworking itself around it and a lot of players are pissed about it well
1: let me be clear i think it's a necessary thing i just don't think proclaiming Mariano Rivera the greatest of all time is fair to real pitchers.
0: No, I agree with you there. And what you just said (laughs) is, you just said bullpens are important and they're vital. Is that what you said, I believe? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so is kicking in the NFL, but kickers are not paid like fucking quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of these elite relievers are looking for and i think they're starting to be like "Mm, we're not gonna do that you know um yeah you're great and all that but we're not gonna give you that much money we're just not you pitch 70 innings 60 innings a year some closers even 50 innings a year um a lot of you have this weird thing where you can only come in and save situations and no we're just we're not gonna spend that much money on that as far as keiko goes he the, the i think the i think the economy around it's working itself out a little bit where the um because scouting is better, young players are hitting at an earlier age, meaning that when these guys are hitting 33, 34, and they're free agents, they're like, mm, we'll send you to a one-year deal. <clears throat> but then their agents are saying, no, hold out for four or five. And then eventually they don't get anything, and that's what's happening. Yeah.
1: I, I think that, that the kicking analogy makes sense to people, which is why I think people just go with it. But it would be like if <clears throat> you had a kicker, like a guy who kicks field goals the whole game and then in the the end of the fourth quarter you have a specialty guy who kicks an extra point. That's what it's more like.
0: Yeah, I got you, But and, that doesn't exist. So I had to do what I could do. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, I hear
1: you. You you of
0: course, no I, one this, no, listens, real... no one listens to me. <laughs> no they do. Um no, and I, I do. I, it is the weirdest thing where it's like, oh, this is a really good guy, but once he's not really good at that anymore, we're going to make him one of you. One right. of those guys that just sits there. And the, the idea is that, and it's not the case with all of them. There are some guys who had, um, like, I remember Billy Wagner. Yeah. Billy Wagner, when he was in the minors, they wanted him to be a starter. But after the third or fourth inning, it was like, mm, your velocity really dips off in, around that. And you're five foot 10, you throw 98, which is incredible for your size. Maybe you're better suited for coming in at the end of a game. Now, that would have been fine if relievers were looked at like they were once upon a time, where they were like the, what do they call it, a fireman role, where they're right. the last three innings. Yeah. They these closers who would throw, these relievers would throw 120 innings because they would throw multiple innings and go out there like that. But now everything's specialty, where it's like, you know, there's statistics that show pitchers, starting pitchers aren't good the third 10 through the batting order. So now we have more middle relievers than ever before, but even the best middle reliever is only making 3 to $5 million a year. Steve Ciszek's a good one. He was coming off a great year when the Cubs signed to a two-year deal. I think he makes about $5, 6000000 million a year. And now you have closers who are like, well, I should get $15 million." And it's like, yeah, but a lot of times you, show, you come in when the games were up by three, right. and you're facing the seven eight nine or 7-8 pinch hitter. When it's hardest to hit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly, because they're tired at the end of a long game. And you're throwing 98. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It was a role that was created. Whoever created it was smart about it. They're like, "Hey, let's hold back one of these guys who throws 100 miles an hour. We'll bring them at the end and just lock it down." And the and the team feels confident too. I've heard I've heard major league players say when we got a guy like that at the back of your bullpen, it inspires confidence. You it feel was, like, uh, oh yeah.
1: It was essentially Tony
0: La Russa with Eckersley. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. That's kind of the origin of the modern closer. Um, but even the call the Cubs players, they, when they, when they, after they got Kimbrell, they interviewed these guys. And um, I was at that game I saw Mike Trout for the second time in my life. He is one for eight when I'm in attendance. So clearly not. Good <laughs> I mean, you can't hit when Joey Kay's in the crowd. <laughs> what are we going to do in October? Huh? on Mike Trout. What are you going to do that when it matters? most All right. <laughs> um, and all the players after the game were like, dude, it's, it feels good. knowing we got him back there where before it's like, all right, Here's your bullpen. We're going to bring in Randy Rosario in the eighth inning. And then we're going to bring in uh, Brandon Kinsler in the ninth. I oh, know Kinsler's having a decent season. It's, it's kind of makes them feel like, oh, fuck. So I get yeah. So uh, any mental edge you could give your team in 162 games, I get it. But I'm saying that I think here's where baseball should fix their system. And this is probably something we mentioned before. They need to make it so that the rookie contract is more lucrative. That way these guys aren't like holding out for so long. You know what I mean? I feel like this free agency the last couple of years, I know players are pissed about it, but I kind of see it as, no, no, uh, we were giving away hundreds of millions of dollars foolishly. We're not doing that anymore. And it's, it's not that we are hoarding money. I mean, I'm sure they all are. They're businesses. But <laughs> do you know the percentage of $100 million contracts that have worked out? Right. Very, very few. Not many. I mean, John Lester's is actually going to go down as one of the better $100 million contracts, and he still has a whole season after this one. And he had two bad starts. He he pitched good his last two outings. But he, you know, we're still, you know, he's not the top 10, top 15 pitcher he was the first couple years of the deal. Right. And and all I'm talking about. But, yeah, he's still very good. You If you sign a guy to a six-year deal and he's awesome for four years, that's a successful contract. But look at the Anaheim with Pujols. Don't you think? Don't you wish Anah- Anaheim right now is thinking, fuck, I wish we didn't give him 10 years. If he was off the books by now, we could have put more players around Trout.
1: I don't know. I don't know because Pujols, when does he get that, 2012?
0: Yeah, he became a free agent. Yeah, 2012 was his first year. So, so I guess he only has a few so years t- left.
1: 2012 is Trout's rookie season, I believe. So they know that they have a Phenom and Trout, but they don't know what he's going to do. Pujols has been better than you think. He hasn't been Pujols on the Cardinals, but he's been better than you think. He's had the last like few seasons, he's been fucking awful. But like the beginning of this decade, he's still Albert
0: Pujols. I mean, yeah, his, his like traditional numbers, I think, are still pretty good. His traditional I, numbers, I, yeah. I don't mean to dog him. I just know the guy's making $30 million a year and he to be half the player he was.
1: How many people are coming to see Albert Pujols in Anaheim?
0: I bet, I bet he probably made his money for him the first few years. Right. It's fine. I don't know if he's still – is he still – <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a fine deal. Maybe Pujols wasn't the best example, but there are a lot of examples of guys who made – he got $240 million for 10 years, 2012 to 2021. So he's got uh, the rest of this year and then two more seasons after that. Uh, he is 39 years old. In four months, I feel like um, the
1: worst one is like Stanton with Miami. It's just like if you guys are going to try to be losing forever, then why are you even throwing money at this guy?
0: But let me read you, yeah, good point. Let me read you these stats. Yeah, that was weird that they extended to about 325 million. So 2012 was a pool's first year, a 3.3 war player. Good, that's solid, right? You'll take that. Uh, next year, 0.5, very bad. It's bad. 2014, 2.7, okay um 2016 1.6 not good is uh, he a dh though i guess a dh yeah there's more value with him with the the 33 and the 27 because that means his numbers his uh value is strictly coming from the bat so if you're getting 3.3 war and it's all from your bat that's that's a good year um that's an all-star season looking at it yeah he had uh he had 40 home runs in 2015 um yeah so look he had 1.6 war that's 2015 um, 0.8 in 2016, minus 1.9 war in 2017. That's
1: That was the bad one. That, yeah. was, like, that was like...
0: 636 plate appearances, so it's not like he was hurt. <clears throat> and last year, he was minus 0.2, and right now he is 0.2 on the plus side. But two seasons in a row of a minus and hasn't been over a two since 2014.
1: I think that the, the people started knocking... Contract. People were very openly knocking him in 2016 and yeah you don't want a three war out of albert Pujols either i mean you said that was solid that's the first not what they were paying for no they're paying, it's not. For, they're paying for sevens
0: yeah but yeah which really though so in 2011 with the cardinals when they won the world series he had a 3.9 and then 2012 no. he had a 3.3 so that's pretty close to the the last year of the cardinal deal but yeah they were paying for this guy the guy that's starting holy shit man he's got some sick war numbers his rookie season: seven point two five four nine five seven eight seven seven eight one seven seven eight seven eight four eight one six seven three nine three three, and then it gets real. You mad. know what's
1: you know what's funny about those numbers too is that, like, legitimately, it was hilarious to me how he could not win an MVP because Bonds was still in the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. The Pools eventually won a few MVPs, though. Yeah, he did. Including, including <clears throat> one in between two Bonds MVPs, I believe. They didn't just he sandwich to, one in?
1: I feel like that was, like, the Jeff Kent MVP. Like, the Pujols MVP was just them being like, I mean, right? Like, that was that.
0: I I don't know. I thought that the, the, didn't he have the League of War with that 9-5 in 2003, or did Bonds have a better war that year? 2003, Derek Lee probably should have won. No, no you're no, thinking 2005. No. You're thinking five. Of 2005, Derek Lee.
1: Okay, fine. Pooh Der- holes, he- yes, absolutely. Second greatest first baseman of all time. Who's number one? The Iron Horse, baby. Lou Garrick, the Dutchman.
0: Very good. All right, you know what? We unfortunately have teased this whole podcast. This was a silly, fun one. Um, we covered some stuff that's going on right now. You've got your bum garner, you guys do this. Oh, also, hopefully, David Ortiz is fine. Last time I checked, um, He's in stable condition. Uh, David Ortiz was shot at his home in the Dominican Republic after an intruder broke in. So, um, you know, best of wishes to Big Papi because you know that's a big personality that everyone loves. He's a good baseball man, Jeez. and um, yeah, hopefully he's all right. I right. Don't know if you'd heard about you hear about this.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So hopefully everything's good there. Uh, the Kimbrel and Keichel, with those guys signed out of the way. The trade market is going to be shaping up soon. We'll also be giving our All Star picks very soon. And we have not forgotten, we will have our team, our all-time, we hate these people. Um, I'll give you a hint. One of the guys on my team was talked about very recently in this episode that you're listening to. Big um, Poppy. Big Poppy. <laughs> no, God damn, that'd be a real big way to uh, segue that. Oh, we hope you're okay. <laughs> By the way, I fucking hated you. Um, no, of course, I love Big Poppy. Uh, we will give you our, our team of players we hate the most and um, our all-time team, that Current. I had like uh, AJ Pruszynski as, our, as my catcher and you had Yadier Molina. But yes. um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, keep listening to the episodes. You can go back and listen to previous episodes too. Even though this is a topical podcast, you'll also find nuggets of cool shit too. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, I highly recommend last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool, man. Um, this has been uh, Comedians Talking Baseball. We'll check in again with you soon. Um, thanks for listening. I follow Brido on all his platforms. He kills on Instagram. At uh, Mike Bridenstine and Nat Brido. Just look for him on everything. Yes. All right. And my album's coming out. Uh, We'll talk to you again before it comes out. So don't even worry about it. I realized, you know what the mistake, my last thing I would say, um, when my last album came out, I booked myself on a bunch of shit leading up to the release. I think that's stupid. I'm going to book myself to promote it after it comes out. So I'm going to start hitting. Why was it stupid? Here's why, dude. People forget.
1: Oh, right,
0: right, right, right. So if I say I do, you know, I've been on Lawrence home show, which is like the number one sports show in Chicago on 670 to score. I've done that a couple of times to just, you know, promote other stuff. And um, I'm thinking, oh, I should do that again. But then I'm like, wouldn't it be better if I was on it? And I said, yeah, you could go right now. Everyone go right now. Go to, go to YouTube. Go to, go to uh, iTunes. Go to Apple Music. Go right now. It's available right now. Instead of going out and being like, oh, it comes out in two days. If you're listening in your car, are you going to remember? Oh, that funny comedian. Two days. Are you going to be like, oh, that guy's funny. I got my phone at this red light. Fuck it. I'll write his name down and I'll see him tonight. I'll check it out tonight. Or am I going to remember it's coming out on June twenty fifth? You know.
1: Yeah. That if when you get think, a save the date, uh, or when you get like a wedding email and they're like, you need to be such and so, your eyes just glaze over and you're like, just tell me when I, when it happens.
0: Yeah. I think that's old. It's an old school. It's from movies. It's from movies and, and it's old school in the sense that, look, I just want people to listen to it. If it opens number one on iTunes comedy charts, that'll be great. But I just want people to listen to it. I would rather sell more copies and get more streams and more views than to be number one. So if that means people are getting to it, but they're getting to it like spread out, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think it's this old school thing of movie stars going, hey, I got to open number one at the box office. So the whole week leading up to when it comes out, I'm going to go on every show and tell them this Friday, this Friday, this Friday. But that works in movies because Friday night is movie night. There's no movie night for stand-up comedy albums. So I think I'd rather just <laughs> go on these shows, go on these morning shows, you know, do a little more on TV and do a couple radio spots and be like, hey, it's available right now. Right now. It's out. Go go look go go watch it. Go, well, you pause this right now and go listen to it. Right, uh, that's a more fun way to do it instead of being like, "Well, it comes out next Monday, you know, or next Thursday, wherever the fuck the date is." All right, guys, you just you got a little sense of my business acumen right there. Um, this has been Canadians talking baseball. <laughs> you guys have a good day. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right, later, buddy. Later.